Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe joining you after a couple of game absence because my internet was funky. Uh, Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I guess you're the uh, you're the key, right? They lost sure. the two games you couldn't watch. They won the game you came back for. I think Kirk is the key. Well, so the Mavericks <laughs> won 104 to 99 against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They split that that back. I don't know that that two road game series against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're back at an even 500, 16 and 16 on the season. Uh, before you started, that actually gave we we got we were recording a little bit late, and it gave me a chance to hear Jason Kidd's post game, which um, like just a masterclass in coach speak nonsense about the things they worked on in the off days and the things they did to win this game. And if you watch this game closely, and I, again, this is not a criticism. This is just like a point of fact. Over about, a, it's like a two-minute and 45-second stretch, the Mavericks hit five threes when they had been god-awful from three the whole game. They went from down three to up five, and that was the margin that they won the game by. Yeah, that was the game. Um, they scored 15 points in less than three minutes. The Wolves didn't really do anything in those three minutes. And that was it because they didn't make any. They made one shot from the fourth quarter to the end of the game. I didn't realize that till you told me. I had written a whole (laughs) section on it, and then I I went back in and added it in the recap because I'm just like, "What the fuck?" And now, granted, they did hit some of their free throws. Shout out to Tim Hardaway Jr., who is now a crisp. uh, He's either four. He's either four of ten or four of eleven in clutch time free throws this season. Um, congratulations on being an 80% shooter, but they, they hit just enough of their free throws to win. Christian Wood had a really nice defensive play on Jaden Daniels, blocking him at the rim with about two minutes left, which really might've changed the way things felt. Um, you know, the, the Mavericks broadcast said something in the post game that I think is pretty astounding. I don't know if you heard this. Oh, I did. (laughs) When the Maverick, when Tim Hardaway Jr. Shoots 45% or greater, the Mavericks are 10 and one. So if you do the math there, that means in every other game, they're six and 15. Yeah. I posted a tweet with a a screenshot of his last 18 games, Tim's last Mm -hmm. 18 games. Um, Every single game he shoots under 40% from three is a Mavericks loss. Um, That's 18 games. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine of the 18. So so they're, they're, so five hundred, you know, they lose half their games uh, when he, you know, he shot under forty uh, percent from three. So it's crazy. I don't know if I've ever seen something so distinct this deep into the season, like this trend. Like it's literally if he hits forty percent of the threes, the Mavericks win. If he doesn't, they lose. Like I, well, it I don't has know what to else make to you. If you're like a casual, like. Try to think how like a lot of people listen to our podcast. People that listen to me and you are more along like that really like us are more on the let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about the good and bad. They're fans that tend to kind of be slightly more. I don't want to use the word self loathing, but like you've been through the muck with the Mavericks, and you're not really into to rah rah. Like you want to hear kind of good, bad, the ugly. That's that's the people who who listen to our podcast. There's a number of other ones out there where if you're more sunny side up, uh, I think our friends Nick and Isaac are really good at that sort of thing. But here at Mavs Moneyball, you get 
a little bit too much. Like sometimes we veer too far into the negative, but I'll just tell you, if you're one of our regular listeners or if you're a casual fan, doesn't even the season hanging on Tim Hardaway Jr. Shooting is a terrible feeling. <laughs> yeah. And at first, like it makes sense though. Cause you look it at does. the roster and you're like, wow, there are two guys that can consistently score like on their own. Uh, and there's a third that can, that is that can that can kind of do it, but is a little consistent. Like basically, it's you know, if Tim is hitting, that means they basically have what somewhere anywhere between three or four players with about fifteen or twenty points, which is kind of what you need to win NBA, like to win yeah. games in the NBA in the year of our Lord and Savior, twenty twenty two. Like it, that's why it's so stark because there's literally no one, you know, there's no one else on the roster. Like you could probably look at. I mean, there's a fun Dorian stat where the map, like over the last four years when he scores 15 or more points, they're like 75% win percentage or something. Well, I love that you brought that up. So one of the, your recurring bits for the better part of four years now has been posting screenshots where the Maverick starters don't do anything <laughs> relatively. And it's yeah. like, it's like, there's tons of data on this where you're, where you basically go through guys and, and what Josh does is says, okay, there's Luca usually someone else in double digits and then three players in single digits and usually somebody in like low single digits while playing tonight like against, 35 minutes. <laughs> yes. Tonight against the Timberwolves, the starters, you have wood with 12 wood didn't have a very good game. Not a pair offensively. I mean, Tim Hardaway, 21 Reggie Bullock with eight. And keep in mind, he had two up until the five minute mark of the fourth quarter. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie with 19 Luca with 25. That's a little bit more of a balanced effort. And, course well you say of course but i don't think a lot of people like i i tend to think that most people who say they watch the nba are lying because it is hard to watch a lot of basketball because basketball games are two and a half hours long there's 30 teams and there's 80 like each team plays 82 games it's very difficult so if you watch the mavericks a lot you may not necessarily understand that most teams have starting lineup or have starting lineups where four of the five guys are in are average double digits even like the bad teams <laughs> that's even the bad teams like that's normal whereas the mavericks are so top weighted and have been for such a long time that people misunderstand that like it's not a it's not a criticism it's just it's it's you wouldn't know that like i didn't realize how bad it was myself until i got into like looking into it and it's it's just pretty it's it's just pretty nuts and so this was you know, with the injuries that the mavericks are dealing with so you know uh, uh maxi kleba probably out for the year um we have dorian who's dealing with a hip thing he'll be back at some point he's not done but the way he described it and the way he was talking to cali kaplan the quotes were really uncomfortable quite honest like he came into the game hurt and he was not on the injury report which is not great um which says to me that he is tired and he should be tired because he's been a mavericks workhorse for years Mm-hmm. And then there's um, Dwight Powell who who came back tonight, which was nice. But it's just it's an it's an injury like these things wear on teams over time, and it's it forced kid to play a a as close to an all offensive lineup as he could play. Like the only difference he could make is if he wanted to start like Kimball Walker at small forward. Like there's no <laughs> no chance of that happening. Um, and I just thought like just for me, I I thought the 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 offense was a lot more watchable at points i like points yeah Yeah. it was still pretty awful but it felt less blarg yeah i mean he started and played his four kids started and played his four best scores this season together for like the first time i think this season because this is the first time wood started 
with Tim because Tim didn't play the last Minnesota game. Um, I mean, wait, Tim might have played the Cleveland game. I can't remember. But I think this is the first time Luca, Tim, and Wood have started, and Dinwiddie, those four guys have started a game uh, and played this many minutes together. And and shockingly, they scored enough points to win, even when, you know, this wasn't their best game. Like, I mean, we watched, there were a lot of weird possessions, uh, a lot of mucky turnovers, you know, especially when they went to the bench. I mean, when your bench is Bertans, Powell, Kemba Walker, Frank Nelikina, like this is not the bench they've been playing all season. Like they were playing lineups that have never played before. It got weird. Um, and things looked, you know, things looked funky. Uh, but when they got to their core guys, the, you know, they, they produced and it's yeah. their four best scores. And, and I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, they're not necessarily going to bring it defensively every single game, but uh, because, you know, did, Luca Dinwiddie Hardaway would, I don't know if, there's an above average defender among those four players. Um, you know, some of them can do it for a game, but I'm talking about like an over an 82 game stretch. Uh, you're, you know, it's not going to be consistent, but I mean, they could score. So uh, like, that's what we talked about after max injury, right? Like they have a top 10 offense. It's not necessarily a fluke that they have a top 10 offense this season, despite all the consternation about how awful uh, and top heavy the roster can be when it comes to scoring. Like Luca is just that good. He can get out of bed and, and run a top 10 offense because he's one of the best players on the planet. So if you have an offense that good, just lean into it. Like the defense was already pretty mediocre, even with Maxi, Dorian, and Reggie healthy all season. So if you lose, you know, and Josh Green. So if you lose Maxi and Green isn't hasn't played on this road trip, and I don't think he's they said he's gonna play, he's not gonna play till they get back home after this Friday game in Houston. Like, if you don't have those defensive guys and your defense already wasn't that consistent to begin with, just, like, you have no other choice. you got to lean into trying to outscore some teams. And now, well, I'm glad they did it because yeah. it seemed and like – saying well, that, of course, they played okay defense tonight a little bit. Yeah. But that's kind well, of the Wolves. Well, I mean, would – our friend is Talk Franco wrote a, <laughs> a pretty devastating takedown of the concept of the Mavericks extending Wood. Um I'll let you go read it over over at. Uh, oh, I saw it. Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody listening. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, over at uh, the the D Magazine Sports Vertical. What the hell is it called? And anyways, you can find it. It's is talk. Um, and he made he. It was just a devastating argument because I think he's right. I don't think the Mavericks can resign him uh, and expect to do anything ever. But he was talking about elements of his defense and. You saw a whole bunch of both with Wood tonight. At the same time, I think in terms of a regular, like it's not a play, it's not a playoff thing. Like they cannot do it in the playoffs. But if you're trying to get to the playoffs and trying to figure, like there is a, I thought he played fine tonight. Most teams are not going to crush you in the post. Like you, you need some rim defense. But I'll tell you what, his arms are significantly longer than Powell's, and you can see that. It's wild on like watching where it's just like his arms are much higher in the air because and he might be able to jump higher than Powell on, on D. I'm not really sure, but I just I like the effort. I like the the mix of things. Um, and I thought that the fact that they were able to still win the game with him playing a fairly mediocre all around game is interesting. It's funny he played just 27 minutes. The 28 minute mark is like the line of demarcation for him. He plays over 28 minutes. The Mavs have won one game. And it doesn't mean anything. I just use it to be an ass. Um, at least I don't think it means anything. But yeah. this is just this is it's it's just a weird thing. Um, I'm glad they won. 
I, I'm tired of talking like about them when they lose. We, we limited Frank Nilakina's minutes. Thank goodness. Like he's just, he's so bad. The one thing I, I think that was interesting to me, and I'm curious for your takes on this, is I wrote that when Kimba and when Luca play together, I think Kimba needs to be handling the ball. Otherwise, there's no point of Kemba being out there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's probably one of the easier ways, you know, Luca's going to have to learn how to play off ball eventually. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, he has to, to become the complete player that he wants. I'm sure he wants to be. Uh, and Kemba's probably, I mean, he, no, I mean, I think he's the second best point guard on this team. No offense to Spencer Dinwiddie, who really is kind of more of like a combo guard at this stage of his career, I think. Um, and I mean, his scoring has been awesome, but like in terms of like, running an offense and getting a team through sets and and setting people up i think kemba is probably a better a, uh, a better guy uh, in that aspect so yeah like it makes sense like when lucas sharing the floor with dinwiddie it totally makes sense for luca to run the show and dinwiddie to just kind of attack the space that luca creates but when kemba's on the floor yeah i could see the see the argument like let's let kemba run some pick and roll let's let him do some things uh and then let luca you know let luca attack some space created yes yeah. You know, you're with Kemba. We only we got we are only going to get so many games of him looking good. Like there's, there's well, and he a, really he hasn't looked good. Like he yeah. played 41 minutes, and he look and and it's not shocking that the guy who played 41 minutes for the first time in a year hasn't looked great in the follow ups. Um, but I think you're kind of just not giving him any chance to take advantage of situations because he had no assists in 20 minutes as a point guard. I mean, and and that's. I just, I, it's not the end of the world. It's just no, the no, thing no. that I noticed and a thing that I was wondering because they talked about getting those two more minutes together. But if you're just letting Luca dominate the ball while he's out there, then he's just another catch and shoot guy. Right. And of course, I mean, he's got a little juice if they close out. Um, yes. So that helps. But yeah, I, I totally see your point. Like, like there's only, you know, this roster just doesn't have the case. Like he's the only person that could really do it. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen Didwitty kind of be the lead guard and it doesn't yep. look great. So why not try it? And it's you know if we're try- if Lucas could be playing thirty eight minutes a night on a team struggling to to get past five hundred, if you want to reduce the wear and tear without you know while you're not able to limit his minutes because they literally need him to play this many minutes for them to win, that's the way you can steal some rest. Obviously, Lucas shouldn't just be like standing in the corner with his hands on his knees, but I mean it's it's way better than him you know getting knocked to the ground for the. 10th time you know let Kemba yeah. roll or do something like that for a couple of positions I think the last thing that I was wondering is is so the Reggie Bullock of it all is fascinating <laughs> because the reason he was open for two threes in a minute is because he had he has an aversion to shooting um it's kind of uncomfortable really he was three of eight he had a layup, a fast break, and he had two threes in a minute, which meant he played roughly 32 minutes with where he missed five shots over those 32 minutes. And really, he's he's quite awful on defense right now. Um, I'm not sure why. And I don't I, I, I don't really have a question. These are just kind of observations. And I don't see what Dallas can do if Reggie is going to be like again, I want to I want to point out that I'm glad he made the threes, but I'm just I'm his. We're just we're getting the second half of December, and he still looks like fried chicken way too often. Yeah, the defense is harder to explain. I mean, he's getting beat off the dribble 
single um, dribble stuff. Yeah, like that's that's a little concerning. Um, so that's something that makes me concerned about. I mean, he was there. I mean, him and Dorian were the workhorses in the playoffs. I mean, that was why they had a good defense was was him and Dorian and Maxi for the most part. Uh, I mean, he was. I mean, he was chasing Chris Paul three quarters court for a seven game series. Like, I mean, he was for 40, you know, 48 minutes a night. Like he, you worry, you know, he's, he's 31. He's going to be 32 soon. Um, You just worry about the mileage on him after the, you know, last season. And he played a lot of minutes uh, for the Knicks before he came to Dallas as well. So um, you worry a little bit about that. Offensively, you're right about the, um, the, how trigger shy he is. Um, There's no one near him on those threes. Like that was the thing that was so it's in the wolves had basically decided he would. Okay. If, if they're treating him like last season, Josh green. Yeah. He's shooting. I'm on it right now. Basketball uh, reference per hundred possessions, which is a good way to kind of even out with yeah. the minutes totals. Cause he's kind of been up and down minutes. Uh, the last month is, has he's been kind of had his minutes curtailed cause he's just not performing. So per 100 possessions, he's shooting 7.2 three-pointers per game. That would be the lowest mark for him since 2015-2016. And again, that's per 100 possessions, so it accounts for uh, you know minutes, you know minutes uh, fluctuation. So he is not you know last. And for example, last season he was at 10.4 three-point attempts per 100 possessions. So that's a pretty significant fall off, and he's been in the 10 range per hundred possessions, whenever he's been a full-time starter slash uh-huh. you know, main rotation guy, like his, his uh, main season, when he started 52 games in Detroit, he was about eight. Um, when he started games for Detroit and the Lakers, the next season, he was around 10, you know, 10 in New York, 10 in Dallas per hundred possessions, three point attempts. So yeah, he's not shooting, you know, that's the part that is definitely worrying is that well the Mavericks seem to know it like because yeah. they just keep rolling him out there he has he's gotten some because he has to do this <laughs> he had like he is is part of what makes this whole thing work on offense where they just keep running the Luca Bullock screen and defenses have just stopped caring they it's it's one of those things that sticks in the back of my head and if it, you know and I think we're all we're all kind of coping with the fact that the Mavericks are likely to continue to play 500 basketball. Um, and I don't know what that means. You know, it's a bigger picture yeah. thing. I think everybody's kind of going different directions. We have a lot of different feelings on it. I don't want to say anything that can be thrown in my face later. Um, but, especially because their schedule is not too bad for the next week or right, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, they, like the, they play they, Houston they, twice, San Antonio. No, they play Houston three times in the next uh, two weeks. <laughs> so, right. And they need uh, to, like, they have to win all three of those games because they've already lost right. to Houston once. So. Right. Yeah. Um, would it well, surprise you that Reggie Bullock in the month of December is shooting 43% from three? No, because he's, I've seen him <laughs> where he's been pretty damn good. It's a volume thing for It me. is a volume thing. And he's averaging 3.2 per game in December. No, he, and, and what is, what was he taking? I wonder what he was taking. Like, you don't got to look this up, but I wonder yeah, he I've was taking that. kind of like March on last year through the playoffs. Uh, Mar- March of last season, he was taking almost eight threes a game. That's just, that's <laughs> took, there it uh, is. in the playoffs. First round, he took seven per game, seven in the second round, eight in the Western Conference finals. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. So it seems like he's overcome, you know, 43% for, we're almost through the end of the month. That's pretty good for a month. So now I guess the next step is, can they get him back into taking more shots? Cause like you said, you know, him taking one or two threes a game is, is a problem because I mean, he, we talk about some of these guys like Dorian and Tim uh, and Maxi and Dw- I mean, seriously, if this guy is not shooting threes, he is not scoring. He's not shooting. He's not dribbling. He's not passing. Um, like he's, he offensively, he's really not doing anything except technically spacing the floor. But if you're not shooting, are you really spacing the floor? So, so uh, yeah, he really needs to get his attempts back up there. Cause it's not like he, you know, I know we say this for, for all, a lot of the Mavericks role players, but he truly is a one trick pony on the offensive end. So. Well, I don't really have anything else fancy. That was just something sort of sticking in my craw. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll go. We'll we'll go from there. So it's it's to- hard. It's hard to. Uh, I mean, it's hard to like want to say anything definitive about this team. Like, you know, like we well, just, they don't. We there's such a relentless onslaught of games, and they play every other day. Where's the schedule here? So we play Friday against the Rockets. Play that Christmas Sun Christmas Day game against the Lakers. Then they play Tuesday against New York. Then they play Thursday against the Rockets. Then they play, they actually have a, a no, then they play again. Like they just yeah. play every two days for, for the rest of the month. And it's, it's hard to take away anything when it feels like, you know, honestly, this win was pretty, I don't want to call it like pretty important, <laughs> but had things, had they lost again, the you can't be two would, games under 500 going into the stretch they're going into like that would have just been really That's bad right. vibes. Cause then That's you're at right. the point where if they, if they lose to Houston or, or the Lakers or San Antonio, like then you're like, you're pulling, you're pulling the alarm. But so this right of the ship, at least for a little bit. Right. No, you're right, man. Okay. I don't know. They could lose to Houston and then they could lose. I don't, I don't know anymore. Like I just no, don't, I'm just... it makes me not want to say anything because every time I'm like, okay, I think they're, I think they're turning things around because they won those three straight against New York, Phoenix, and Denver, and they looked awesome. And they looked awesome for forty minutes, basically against Milwaukee. And you're like, okay, here it comes they're turn. You know, they've leveled it out. Things are turning around because their advanced data is still awesome. They're still eighth in net rating and cleaning the glass. Like, I mean, it's really hard to be a five hundred team this deep into the season with a net rating that good. Uh, I think they have a better point differential than the Denver Nuggets, who are first place in the Western Conference. So, right. I, this is the weird. I might have to write about just like this is the weirdest, weirdest. Yeah. Season. Well, and that, and that like like so so people who are like relentlessly positive, which are elements of the team, because it's like we saw um, Eddie Sefko basically, you know, throw. I've just seen lots of people, and I I, I get why. It's it's just there's not for me there's not there's nothing coming that's evident like there was last year where it's like, okay, Luke is going to get in shape and we'll see right. what we can do. That's a hell of a Trump card to play when you're, when you're 16 and 18 at new year's Eve, like they were last year. Yeah. Right now. I don't really know what I would say where it's, you know, Luke is going to be nice to refs and <laughs> like, like it's, it's just not the same thing where it's like, Oh, Reggie Bullock's going to start hitting threes. I mean, maybe that is that important. I mean, it yeah. could be, could be. Oh goodness. We're talking I'm talking too much. We should just go. We're going to be back here Friday night. We'll be basically doing, you know, I'm going to record a live show. We'll do kind of a, a show a day. I'm going to get back to trying to do these moneyball minutes, but honestly, folks, I just haven't had the juice. This team's been so painful to watch 
at points where it's just it, it feels like the more I talk, the more likely I am to say something really fucking stupid. So I've just decided to not. Um, Josh, got anything else? Uh, that's good. Let's get out of here. All right. See you guys Friday. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Please, if you could, go sub- subscribe. Give us a rating. We really like that sort of thing. It's very helpful for us and the, the ability for other people to find our podcast. Uh, we're really grateful for your listening, and we will be back here soon. Have a good rest of your week.